man-to-man coverage. This is the PFT PM Podcast. And now, your host, Mike Florio. Wednesday edition of PFT PM, May the 30th, June 1st, right around the corner. Quick programming note, there will not be a PFT PM on Thursday. I know you're upset. I'll be getting ready to get on a plane and head to California for the Matt Casey wedding. Friday, I may do one from the hotel room. Monday, no PFTPM podcast. Tuesday, we'll be back up and running. Still plenty of things happening. The OTA season still occurring, so every day there's going to be news. And the, the most intriguing news of the day came last night with this ridiculous story. Brian Colangelo, has he been fired yet? I was out of the loop some today. If he's not fired yet, he will be. I can't imagine him continuing to have employment in the aftermath of this five-burner account story. Five fandom Twitter accounts where he was saying all sorts of things that he otherwise couldn't say in his own name. And I really do think that uh, we will be seeing an effort to expose people who have burner accounts in and around the NFL just in time for the slow time. It's going to happen. And there's one that I'm working on. It's not it's not a big name, but there's one that's been kind of hiding in plain sight that uh, I'm, I'm going to do some digging on when I have a chance. But look, Brian Westbrook raised the question on Twitter today. How many general managers have burner accounts. I said the over-under is 31 and a half. And Amy Trask, the former Raiders president, said bet the over. So it gives you an idea. They, they Look, they can't say anything, especially GMs. You know, players don't need one because players can pretty much say whatever they want within limits. GMs can't say anything. They can't say a word. Otherwise, it's not becoming of what's expected, yada, yada. So that was the big story of the morning, and I'm still astounded by it. And I think it's just a matter of time before we find out who else out there has burner accounts. And anyone that has one, smart to stop using it. And I can say all of that confidently because I've never used one. I don't need one. As we said on PFT Live today, the PFTPM podcast is the burner account of PFT Live. Ben Roethlisberger hasn't been at some OTAs recently. Look, it's a big deal when the starting quarterback isn't present. It's a big deal. People can try to downplay it all they want, but it's a big deal. Antonio Brown hasn't been there either. Ben Roethlisberger, though, the quarterback, management, he's the guy that is looked to to be the leader of the team. He's part player, part coach. And it is a big deal when the starting quarterback isn't there. I don't know what Ben Roethlisberger's thinking. I don't know why he's not there. He should be there. Every starting quarterback should be there. Tom Brady should be there. Someone shared a theory with me today, and I'm pivoting to Brady now. And this more deals with the Patriots and the fact that Cassius Marsh has come out with these recent comments about how it's no fun and New England and nothing's fun and they don't have fun. It's one thing for an outsider to say it like Lane Johnson, a guy who was on the inside. The theory that was raised with me is that 
it's possible that internally now it's not the same way it used to be with the Patriots, that there isn't a nucleus of guys who will shout down anyone who is grumbling. Now, I don't know that that stops Akashis Marsh from leaving the team and complaining, but it's almost like it never gets to the point where the guy even comes to the conclusion that it's not fun because at the first hint of any any disgruntlement, the veterans pounce. So the thought never forms. So there's nothing there when you're gone to come out and say, hey, they're really not having fun there. Because it's one thing to say, I wasn't having fun there. It's another thing to say, they don't have fun. That implies that there are others who agree with Cassius Marsh. They're just keeping their mouths shut. That there isn't that aggressive group of team leaders who say fun is winning. You're not having fun? Shut up and have fun or get the hell out. Fun is winning and we like this. If you don't like it, something's wrong with you. It could be that that pendulum has moved a bit in the other direction where there's enough guys there that they don't have fun. Not I didn't have fun. When Reggie Wayne left the Colts and tried to cap his career in New England, it was an aberration. It wasn't fun for me anymore. He didn't say, boy, they're miserable. God, they're miserable. And, you know, Lane Johnson's comment, there's a chance that it's not just him making an observation from the outside. It could be he's hearing some grumblings, some rumblings. I mean, when you have the two most prominent players on the team not at OTAs, and clearly something's up with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And as I've said, when Brady finally shows up, it may not be the ending. It may just be the beginning. Now, I had a conversation with someone about the day. The thinking is everybody's going to be on the same page once he's there. But I, if Bill Belichick makes a snide comment, well, those of you who've been here understand what we're trying to do. I mean, if, if you weren't here for the OTAs, you may not realize what we're trying to do. You know, some, something like that. Could that be the thing that, that sparks some sort of a confrontation? I, I think both guys, Belichick and Brady, understand there's a line they can't cross, but I think the line's already been crossed with Tom Brady not showing up for the OTAs. So I think it all kind of goes hand in hand. I think that maybe there has been a growing sense of unease, and maybe guys are getting weary with Bill Belichick and maybe 18 years for Tom Brady's enough. And maybe he's not as all in and hasn't been as all in the past few years as maybe he's been in the past and it starts to trickle down. But Belichick has to be beside himself by what's happening. And anyone who says this isn't a big deal, uh, really? Of course it's a big deal. Of course it's a big deal. I made some comments earlier today on PFT Live about the First Amendment. I don't know if you heard it. It was early. It was in the radio hour. And I thought of this yesterday, almost kind of half in jest. You know, somebody's going to compare what happened to Roseanne Barr to what happened to Colin Kaepernick. And, well, you care about the First Amendment for one. You don't care about the First Amendment for the other. And my point about that is, yes, ultimately it is about an exercise of First Amendment rights. And the First Amendment primarily is there to prevent government action against someone who speaks. Now, 
with Colin Kaepernick. If you're playing football in a stadium that was funded in whole or in part with taxpayer money, you could make an argument that there's a certain obligation of a private employer to behave the way a public employer would and not take action against someone for exercising First Amendment rights. Because if you're a public employer, those rights apply, 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 apply to you with, with reasonable restrictions. You know, you can't give up government secrets and say you're exercising your First Amendment rights. The thing that caught my attention and the thing that bothered me, and, and the moment I decided to say something about it was when I saw Roseanne Barr retweet someone trying to make the, the parallel between Kaepernick and Roseanne Barr. Don't you see that that's just another example of how racism has become normalized? It's really not the same thing to say that someone who engages in a peaceful protest for a reasonable... You may disagree with how, and you may disagree with the factual basis, although, I don't know, the facts seem to be everywhere. But this is a peaceful protest of something that the person involved in the protest genuinely believes is necessary to improve American society. That is far different from a gross and blatant exercise in racism. And yes, at the core, First Amendment, First Amendment. You have the right to be a horrible, ugly racist if you want. But don't compare the consequences don't make it sound okay or comparable that you lose your employment as a result of the, the First Amendment not applying. You could make a strong argument the First Amendment doesn't apply in either case, but don't call what Roseanne Barr did as anything remotely comparable to what Colin Kaepernick did. It both unfairly props up her misconduct and unfairly attacks his. It's the ultimate double whammy, and I knew it was going to come, and I didn't say anything about it until I saw Roseanne Barr endorse it. That's all I want to say about that. I don't have a ton of time because I have to pack. I'm going to end up waiting until like five minutes before we have to leave to go catch the plane tomorrow. But I'm at least going to try to pack some tonight. I got a full evening. I want to work a little bit. I need to get in a workout because I anticipate too much food over the next few days. And then it's time to eat some food. Some grilled chicken and pepperoni Pizza Hut pizza for game two of the Stanley Cup final. A great stat that Rob Stats Guerrero shared with me today. Although with him, I never really know if his stats are accurate. He says that any team that has gone up 2-0 in the Stanley Cup final is 46-5. 46-5. So... Huge potential implications tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights and the Washington Capitals. I encourage you to check it out on NBCSN at 8 p.m. Eastern. And then just leave your TV on because tomorrow morning Chris Sims will be back. We need to think of a good draft for Thursday. Something about burner accounts. We'll draft the players most likely to have burner accounts. Maybe not. PFTPM Posse has a question. William 863-18760. Why does Kirk Cousins' passer rating drop to 63 when he's only behind by 1 to 8 points? Doesn't seem to be large enough deficit to be due to having to throw on most downs. I don't know. Is that a statistical abnormality? Isn't that weird if that's true? His passer rating drops to 63 when he's behind 1 to 8 points? 
I'd like to see the full breakdown of what it is when he's behind more than eight points, when he's ahead by one score, when he's ahead by two scores. Could be a peek into the overall psychology of Kirk Cousins because I don't care about the stats as much as I care about winning, and he hasn't won a playoff game. Now, how much of that is on his former organization, which had no support for him? How much of it is on him? We're going to find out. We spent a lot of time talking earlier today on PFT Live about the pressure that's on Kirk Cousins, the pressure that's on the Vikings to get back to where they were last year. I mean, they've only been back to the NFC Championship game, I think it's five or six times since their last Super Bowl appearance. Let's see if I remember all these. 77, 87, 98, 2000, 2009, and 2017. Six times back, and they're 0-6. But six times in 40 years. I don't think you automatically assume they get back to the NFC Championship game. I don't think you call that success. As I said on the show today, I'm covering a lot of the ground I already covered on the show today. I mean, this is supposed to be something new, but bear with me here in the event you didn't listen to it. Any team should aspire to just be competitive and relevant after Thanksgiving. That should be the goal every year. Still in it. Still in the chase. Still in the hunt. Everything after that, we'll see how it works out. But for the Vikings, it feels like the bar is a little higher than that. Playoffs at a minimum. Do you expect to win the division if Aaron Rodgers is healthy? I don't know. Would they have won it last year if Aaron Rodgers had been able to play all season? I don't think so. PFTPM Posse member Leapers 500. Let me find his exact tweet because it got recharacterized a little bit by the PFTPM Posse. And now, you know what's going to happen here. I uh, This is going to be fun. I popped out and... Let's find it. I'm going to have to go back, and I'm going to end up having screwed it all up. But what the hell? Where's the question? I'm getting there. It's here. Where is it? Come on, Leapers 500. Where's the question? I know it's here somewhere. It's got to be here somewhere. Boy, this is really compelling. I'm sure here it is. Who was the better lawyer at the height of your powers, you or your fair spouse? Listen, that that's a that's there is nothing good that comes out of me answering that question. I spent all that time tracking it down so I could just not answer it. We had different skills. One thing she did very well, she could get people to talk. And not in a sneaky way, not in an Eddie Haskell type of way. She's just very naturally inquisitive and naturally very nice. And she could get people to say things that that were true, that maybe they shouldn't have said. But she could get them comfortable enough to be cooperative and say, you know, helpful things. And it wasn't always things that would hurt them, but it's things that are helpful when you're trying to do your job of finding out what happened. So she was very, very good at that. I don't know if she misses it. She probably misses it more than I do because I have this other outlet, but it's just, it's a lot of work in a litigation practice. And uh, this, what I do now, isn't work. Even when it feels like work, it's still not work. All right, let's see what else we have here. Why, how does everybody else in the media, including Sims and Peter King think that Tom Brady missing practice isn't a big deal. He's the only starting quarterback to miss that any of us can remember. Well, Big Ben also missing, but it it really is a big deal. I haven't seen what Peter King has said, and I don't remember what Chris has said because I don't listen to him when he's talking. Don't tell him I said that, but it's a big deal. 
when you don't have a starting quarterback at OTAs. It's clearly a big deal, especially when you have a guy like Bill Belichick who already believes there isn't enough time to get ready for the season. With the reductions in the offseason program and training camp, it is a big deal if your starting quarterback isn't there. And there are some people in the media who just have this tendency, and it's not Peter or Chris that I'm talking about, but there are some who just have a tendency to shout down anything that feels like a big deal. Oh, that's not a big deal. Oh, that's not a big deal. And it's like, when did you get so, I don't know, do you, do you not want to have things that you find fascinating? I just want to watch football. I just want to watch film. I don't care about any of this other crap. Well, the other crap was what is fascinating to people. There's a human element to it, organizational dynamics, how people get along or don't get along. These are all intangibles that go a long way toward determining whether or not a team's going to be successful when the season's on the line, when the game's on the line. Are they going to come together or going to splinter? Are they going to point fingers at each other in adversity? Or are they going to pull together? You get little hints of that. And if you don't think Tom Brady and Bill Belichick at this point, their relationship, the flaws, the fractures. If you think that's not a big deal, what is a big deal? What would it take? A fist fight? I think Brady would kick his ass. But yeah, I think it's a big deal. All right, let's see what else. PFTP on Posse. Isn't a comic called Stats on Fire says how much he hates your stupid little posse, yet he wants to be part of it so bad he is working us into the PFT Live show. If he thinks that will get him membership, he is gravely mistaken. No, see, here's the thing. It wasn't his idea. It's my idea. He, it's, he wouldn't do it if it were up to him. I don't know if you caught this, but what happened today was we had a PFTPM Posse takeover segment at 7.48 a.m. Eastern. And I'll admit that when the outline comes the night before the show, and it comes anywhere between... 7 p.m. and 8.30 p.m. Stats puts it together. I skim it for, like, things that I strenuously object to, and we argue about those. I probably missed that there was going to be another PFTPM Posse takeover segment. Okay, I did miss it. Otherwise, I would have asked for questions last night. So this morning, we do the full hour on radio. He doesn't say anything. And then we're into the second hour on radio slash TV, and it was in one of the breaks. I think after the second segment, he said, oh, I need to put out a call for questions for this PFTPM Posse segment. He said it about himself, like anybody's going to answer questions from him. He's got like 10 followers, and the PFTPM Posse is his mortal enemy. So I put out the call, and people had like 10 minutes to answer or ask questions, and then he talked shit about how bad the questions were. It's like, stats, you deliberately waited until 15 minutes before the segment to remind me to ask questions. Well, I reminded you yesterday when I sent out the outline, you didn't send the question out then. I think that's exactly how he talks. I think I've nailed it. It's like, come on, stats. You, 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 look, you're capable of seeing that I didn't ask for questions last night and that I hadn't asked for questions through the first radio hour. At some point, are you going to tell me, oh, by the way, if we're going to have questions from the PFTPM posse, we need to ask them to ask questions. That is the one design flaw in the concept of getting real-time input from your fan base. You have to ask them for it. So, yeah, he has nothing to do with it. He's trying to sabotage it from the inside. Keep that in mind in your interactions with Stats on Fire, PFTPM Posse. Another question from the PFTPM Posse. 
What big names in the NFL have you heard rumors of having burner accounts? Anybody that we could maybe find. I bet the PFTPM posse could figure some out. Go ahead. Have at it. The trail of breadcrumbs may be there. They may be there. I mean, usually it'll be somebody who is consistently active, defending or attacking people. Look at who they're following. That's how they found Roger Goodell's wife with her account where she was secretly defending the commissioner and attacking his critics like me because she was following, I think it was the official Twitter account for the school that their daughters go to or something ridiculous like that. That's why I've never had one and I never will because whatever you do, people are going to find out. I don't think there's any way to completely remove the electronic trail. Some way, somehow, they're going to find out. And even if they don't, you're eventually going to screw up and you're going to tweet something on the wrong account at the wrong time. And as I said during PFT Live on multiple occasions today, I attribute that to 12 years of Catholic education, causing me to believe that anything you do will be found out and held against you as you burn in a lake of fire for all eternity. So there is some value in that fear-based reinforcement. PFTPM Posse via Man of Water 3615. There were some reports that NFL players are going to stop paying the seventeen dollars to $25,000 annual NFLPA union dues because they feel there wasn't enough done for Colin Kaepernick and the anthem changes. How bad is this? I have heard nothing about players not paying their union dues. And you know what? If they stop, they're going to have a problem because they're required by law to pay them. It's a federally recognized union. You have to pay the dues. You have to. You don't have to agree with what they're doing, but you have to pay the dues. And you have mechanisms available to you to take action if you think that the NFLPA leadership isn't doing what it should. Executive committee members are up for election every year. Player representatives on each team, every two years they do those elections. The executive director is up for a vote every three years. Now, I never did get the details Remember there was a dust-up last October. Cyrus Mary was trying to insinuate himself into the running, and the way that they had reconfigured the bylaws, it's a lot easier now for D. Smith to stay in power. I never saw that a final deal was done or how many years it was for. But there are ways you can work from within. Refusing to pay your dues, I think it automatically comes out of your paycheck. I don't think you have to write a check. Now, your agent fee has to be paid by a separate check. That money should just come right out. I think there'd be less guys like Richard Sherman whining about the 1%, 2% fee if he didn't have to write a separate check for it and it just got sucked right out of his his uh, game check. But I think the union dues come right out of your game checks. So I haven't heard anything about that. And as it relates to Colin Kaepernick, I think the union supported him when and where he wanted support. And, you know, ultimately, what can the union do? Now, Kaepernick decided to go forward with a collusion grievance, and maybe the union should have been on top of that. Maybe the union should have been banging the drum about it. Maybe the union should have been pushing back a little bit more. I guess there's something they could have done after all. Pushing back against the bullshit that was being spewed a year ago. I mean, there were people in the media pushing back against other people in the media who were spewing the bullshit on behalf of their sources, who I'm sure were very happy that someone was there to carry their poisonous water to fans who are still using talking points that have been debunked 
that have been disputed, that have been gutted logically, people are still using them now. I still see once a week, well, he opted out of his contract. He made himself a free agent. It's his own fault. He had a job and he chose to give it up. No matter how many times I say John Lynch was on PFT Live and he said, we would have cut him anyway. I want to clear all this up. We would have cut him anyway. People don't lock onto that because the lie fits their agenda. The lie meshes with what they want to believe. And I really do wonder, given this climate we're now in, how many people have that George Costanza approach that it's not a lie if you believe it to be true? And I remember back to the CBA fight of 2011. One of the things that D. Smith said at the time, you're entitled to your opinion, not entitled to your own facts. A lot of people think they're entitled to their own facts nowadays. And I'm going to stick to football and not offer my views on where that's coming from. But I think anybody who's paying attention has a pretty good guess of, of uh, where and how that tone nationwide is being set. Stick to football, you dick. Oh, I got a suggestion from the PFT PM Posse. While in California, you should sample some sativa and indica to know what us and Sims are always talking about. I don't know that that's going to happen. I, I know it's legal there. I just... Eesh. Like I'm afraid there'll be something in my pocket that, and I get busted on the plane. I'm telling you, the Catholic education, the fear-based motivation, it's real. I... Like, well, it's technically illegal because I don't live here. And I, yeah, I, I don't think I could even bring myself to cross the threshold into the store. I don't think I can do it. PFTPM Posse, with the recent injuries suffered by the Steelers during non-contact practices, will the NFLPA investigate? I, I don't know. Look, injuries happen without contact. Now, if there's a belief that there is excessive contact, and it happens from time to time. It often happens when there's a new head coach, although it happened with the Seahawks under Pete Carroll multiple times. See, you're trying to rein in guys who are aggressive, and sometimes it's hard to rein them in, and sometimes it does get out of hand. And and what coaches need to, to do, because I, I don't think there's a lot of coaches out there who are coaching contact or overly zealous play in the offseason. I think there are coaches who aren't doing enough to get their guys to not do it because they they want they see I well, they, they get them excited. They want to see that. But all these practices are recorded. And if there's any hint, if there's any problem, if there's any issue, all the NFLPA has to do is say, give us the tapes of the practice and they can check it out. PFTPM Posse, do you have any insight into the beef between Jerry Jones and Joe Lockhart? Why would Jerry be proud to see Lockhart go with all the public missteps that we know Jerry has had since the anthem controversy with Papa John's, etc. Is Jerry squandering his influence by defending Trump? Yeah, look, I was struck by the comment made by Jerry Jones under oath in his deposition in the Kaepernick case as reported by the Wall Street Journal regarding Joe Lockhart. I was proud to see him go. That's what Jerry said. And the point I made today when I wrote about it at PFT, you're only proud of something you had a role in. You don't say... I'm proud that the sun came up today. I'm proud that it stopped raining. I mean, unless you've got some sort of magical powers that you're testing out. So I think implicit in the remark, Jerry believes he did something to engineer Lockhart's departure and 
there was a theory that when Jerry finally did drop his opposition to Raj Goodell's contract extension, part of the deal was there was going to be an overhaul of the lieutenants who report to Roger Goodell. And Lockhart, and I think Charles Robinson said this when he was on last week, Lockhart cooked his own goose by engaging with the president at a time when the owners did not want to engage with the president. They wanted to find a way to mollify and placate the president. So I think that was the the last straw, and it was just a matter of Lockhart picking the right time to walk away. I mean, when it was initially reported, the thinking was he was going to stay until they found his replacement. Nope. He's gone. And they don't have a senior-level executive in charge of PR, and it shows. And Todd Lywicki, he's gone. Was that another one that Jerry Jones wanted out? I don't know. There's been some turmoil at the top, and maybe there'll be more. I think after the next CBA is when you could see Jeff Pash out as the general counsel. I know that there are multiple owners that aren't happy with his with his ongoing employment, but they feel like they need him for the labor negotiations. PFTP and Posse. Member of the Real Forno, what are the possible legal and CBA ramifications with the Brian Colangelo burner account revelation? How would 345 Park Avenue handle this or screw it up? Well, look, the independent investigation that has been arranged by the 76ers, and I'd love to know how independent it really is. I kind of wish the NBA was my beat right now so I could find out who is the person doing the independent investigation. Is this person truly independent? Is this a one-off task where this person can come in and be guided by his or her sense of what's right and wrong and where the evidence leads, not to a predetermined conclusion like I believe Ted Wells did with Deflategate and possibly with Bullygate a year and a half before Deflategate. That was Ted Wells' first venture into a high-profile NFL investigation. And I think a lot of lawyers who work at law firms who are asked to do investigations for a major client, even if there isn't a separate relationship with that firm already, that lawyer and that firm would like to have one. You know, when you work for a big firm, right, your value to the firm comes from your ability to attract and retain clients. And the bigger the client, the bigger the deal the more power you amass within the organization. And really, like every major law firm out there, when I say major, I don't just mean Wall Street. I don't mean D.C. I mean like in every state, there is a hierarchy of law firms. And if you're in the legal community in that state, you know the four or five firms that kind of run the show. And within those firms, there's an elaborate Game of Thrones that's constantly going on as to who's in charge of the firm. And he who has or she who has the most significant clients has the most clout. So if you do find a law firm that has no connection whatsoever to the NBA and you hire them to do this investigation, there's still a chance that whoever does the investigation is going to hope to become the point person for more work from that organization. So there's always kind of a subtle effort. It's a bias. It's a natural conflict of interest in a situation like this that will prompt the lawyer who's doing the investigation to try to guess, to try to divine every step of the way. What does the person who is paying me want? What is the outcome they would like me to reach? And there's an entire political process and a Game of Thrones going on within the client structure 
as to what they want. And it's a very strange dance. And I thank God I'm not part of it anymore. I got away from life in a law firm, March 1 of 2000, where you have to worry about anything other than doing your job to the best of your ability. You got all this other shit, all this other stew of conflicting emotions and petty entanglements and who's in charge here and who's got this client and who's got that client. And so my point is, I doubt that it's truly independent. And I'd love to know what the NBA really wants to have happen here. What do the 76ers want to have happen here? Is there a faction? Is there a Game of Thrones within the franchise as part of the broader NBA Game of Thrones? And they've got the intersection of the Game of Thrones that's happening at the law firm that's doing the investigation. It's all one big toxic pile of steaming poop. So, anyway. Back to the question after five minutes of nothing. If you go to Brian Calandron and say, give me, give me all your devices, which devices does he have to give up? Give me access to all your social media accounts. Give me access to your email. Now, look, anything company owned, that's easy. And they may find all of the, the electronic footprints they need on company email accounts, company-issued electronic devices. They may not have to look at his personal. I mean, you may have a burner account on a burner phone. It all see it's just not worth it. Is it really worth it? How elaborate you have to be to do it right? And obviously, for as elaborate as it was for Brian Colangelo, he didn't do it right because somebody found out about it. Somebody figured it out. But you do get into privacy considerations. With players, you would get into what rights they have. But what was one of the reasons they suspended Tom Brady? Because he destroyed his phone. Remember that from three years ago? He destroyed, he destroyed his phone. That was the the crux of the announcement when the NFL upheld the four-game suspension. And I remember saying, wait a minute, if destroying the phone is the thing that upholds the four-game suspension, and we didn't previously know about destruction of the phone, if it wasn't something that was that was mentioned earlier in this effort to get him for four games, why isn't this thing being sent back to square one for a separate investigation and punishment into the destruction of the phone and in turn the obstruction of the investigation? It just felt like a PR play, and it was. The whole thing was PR. The whole thing. The whole thing. It was just PR. It was driven by forces within ownership that were still pissed off about Spygate, and it all came together in a perfect storm with people from the league office who were at that championship game and who didn't bother to think that there would be naturally reasonable explanations for the air pressure reducing in football and it all got played. So I, Roger Goodell was caught between a quasi mutiny below him and a power play above him. And he just stepped back and did what he had to do. Anyway, I don't want to get that's three. Who gives a shit about any of that? But my point is ultimately if they have somebody they want to go after for something like this, they, they can do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. They'll do what they want when they want, how they want. If we haven't learned that over the last few years, we've learned nothing at all. PFTPM Posse, what is your Dennis Erickson memory now that you are on your burner pod of PFTPM? You can be open with us. This is your safe space. Here's what I was saying today. We were talking about the six coaches who have been hired by the Alliance of American Football. And when it came to Derek Derek, Derek Ennison, Dennis Erickson, Dennis Erickson, I said, you know, my first thought when Dennis Erickson was named the head coach of the Salt Lake 
City franchise was, well, I can't really say that. Should I say it? And Stats knew exactly what I was talking about. And I said, I could say it on PFTPM. I probably shouldn't say it here, although it wasn't all that controversial. My first thought was, he's still alive? Wasn't that your first thought when you hear the name Dennis Erickson for the first time in 15 years? Dennis Erickson, he's still alive? Some may, some, uh, may have thought that about uh, Mike Martz. But I, I saw a picture of Mike Martz recently, so I knew he was alive. Dennis Erickson, I don't know. Oh, well, good to know he's still alive, unless they really are planning some interesting promotions for the Salt Lake City Alliance of American Football Games. PFTP and Posse. A lot of the Posse have been hearing the same ad for another football-related pod before the PFTPM podcast. Same, I don't know. Did we get that? I don't know. There's an ad for, what's the, what is it? I have no idea. I'm going to have to look into this. On the PFTPM podcast, there's an ad for another football-related podcast before the PFTPM podcast. I never listened to it, so I don't know. Hey, PFTPM Posse, put some more information on Twitter. Let me know what you're talking about. Let's see what else we have here. Oh, boy. You know, there's a Twitter account that is called the Mike Florio Burner account that I think is kind of funny. For now. I'll probably stop following it soon. But I think it was funny. Recliner QB, other than Bill Belichick, what major NFL figure would you like to see have their Burner accounts exposed? Well, I'm convinced Bill Belichick has one. Now, I don't, I'm not convinced factually. It's my opinion that he has one. I like thinking that he has one because, you know, he does that whole snap face and like he acts like he doesn't know anything about social media watch he's secretly a social media wizard and he's got burner accounts i would love to know that and we already know that roger goodell kind of has one at least through his wife i think jerry jones has one he's got a twitter account that he never uses i don't know i don't know paul allen of the seahawks probably has one with all of the appropriate protections in place. I mean, when you're a Microsoft multi-billionaire, I think you've got the technology available to keep anyone from knowing that you have burner accounts. But I'm going to start keeping my eyes open for potential burner accounts. If there's somebody out there who is unreasonably defending a person who is, you know, criticized from time to time, that could be that person's burner account. Burn unit, who is the first person that you and the PFTPM posse would like to oust with a burner account? Perhaps Stats on Fire. He doesn't have a burner account. Stats can barely manage the account he has. I'm convinced Shefty has a burner account because Shefty never says anything remotely controversial on his own feed. And my guess is that, you know, that serenity now baloney only takes you so far. He's got to have some other account where he can vent his frustrations from time to time. What else do we have here? Mike likes dirt. Yesterday you said it would make more sense if the AAF started in clustered cities for travel reasons. Is this, is it genius planning to land and expand into more mid-market cities with lower barriers to entry than, say, L.A.? I, I, my point was, and it was mainly from a question, it's cheaper for travel if everyone is together, if it's a quick trip. It's easier to get from point A to point B. You've got Orlando and San Diego, two separate sides of the country. I didn't think any deeper into that than, than, than just that. Terry Gensler, 
Are you in stats on fire making an NBA Finals bet? I think he's afraid to. Because he made this broad proclamation today that the Cavaliers are going to be swept by the Warriors. And then he tried to call it a gentleman's sweep where they'll win one game at home. I, I don't know. I don't. After, after what I saw LeBron James do the other night in game seven in Boston, I don't know how you pick against that guy right now. Leapers 500, which of these have you smoked? And there's a list of cigar. And you know what? I really, I don't know. I hate to say this, Leapers. I, I know what I like. I know what I have. I don't know if I've smoked any of these. I, I've got a, a Monte Cristo double Edmundo Cuban that I smoke on special occasions. We've got a Perdomo down there that was aged in some sort of a liquor barrel. that has, it, It's got a great draw to it. We've got uh, Camachos that are... Uh, uh, Nicaraguan rum barrel aged. Those are pretty good. I like the acid, which has a nice, nice sweet taste to it. We've got some Java's, a cherry Java that's got kind of a coffee taste with a little hint of cherry in it. But uh, and and there's a oh god, who makes them? They're called short stories. They're called Hemingways. 15 minute smoke. So I I, I even though I've probably got 400 cigars down in my humidor, I'm really not. I don't even know what the name would be to say that I'm an expert in what cigar is what. I just know what I like, and when I find what I like, I keep buying it. How about that? At Nickel, Nikolai2118, will Le'Veon Bell be a more or less important part of the Steelers' offense with this new helmet rule in place? He doesn't strike me as a guy who spends a lot of time bashing. Like Adrian Peterson, I remember when he was early in his career, he liked to drop that helmet and use it as a ramrod. Le'Veon Bell's more the guy who who will dance and wait for an opening and, and fire through it. He doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to do a lot of that dipping the helmet. I think he'll be fine. Mark Serwa, he's suggesting that we get Dr. Tardif on the show. I still want to see the MD on the back of the jersey. We'll try. We'll try. I enjoy, I enjoy having the time to do a full-blown podcast conversation. Not everyone's in a position to give you an hour. And some of the guys I've spoken to for an hour, I want to speak to for two hours. Like Mike Pereira, I could have kept going. Chris Sims, I could have kept going. We're trying to get Charlie Ebersol on the program. I want to talk to him at length about the Alliance of American Football. But that's a good suggestion. Anytime you have a suggestion, put it on Twitter and we'll work on it. The C.J. Newman, why is it that when stats isn't working, the podcast for PFT Live is uploaded quicker. Brady chimes in and says this is true. Well, here's what happened. On a normal work day, and I'm going to I'm going to defend stats here. On a normal work day, after the show, stats has meetings for the next day. So he doesn't get in a position to upload the podcast until he's through with that. So it's like 10, 10:30, 11 when the podcast gets uploaded. On Memorial Day, Jack Silver at Westwood One, the boss there, he was in a position to get it uploaded and he got it uploaded fairly quickly because he's not attending meetings for the next day's show. So that's what happens when, when stats isn't available, it's usually Jack who throws it together and it doesn't take long, but stats has other things he has to do. I'm, I'll give stats a hard time about a lot of things, but not that. Sergio D how valuable will John DeFilippo's knowledge of how the Eagles broke down the Vikings defense be to Mike Zimmer? Presumably very valuable because this will give Mike Zimmer even more ammunition to understand how he got out coached because I think he allowed too many tendencies and tells to exist in his offense and it was exploited by Frank Reich, John DiFilippo and Doug Peterson. 
the brain trust in Philadelphia. Maybe they can guard against that the next time. And really, that's what it needs to be. It needs to be both sides working together. I'm not a big fan of this. Oh, I'm an expert in offense. I'm an expert in defense. If you're an expert in one, you're an expert in both because you understand how the defense works. If you're an offensive guy, if you're a defensive guy, you know how offense works. You should be able to pull it all together. And that's what the Vikings are going to need to do if they get back to the postseason in advance. They can't get complacent. they got to make full use of those two weeks. they got to change things up. they got to be willing to change things up. Even though if it's been working all along, there's a chance it's going to stop when you come up against somebody who cracks your code. And I think the Eagles crack their code. And I think the Saints crack their code to a certain extent because they roared back from down 17-0. The real 4-0, what city would you like to see with an XFL AAF franchise that doesn't hasn't had a pro football franchise. That's easy. I want a team in Morgantown. I mean, we get 60,000 people there for West Virginia games in the fall. You you give us a team that has West Virginia slapped on it and you play in that stadium, I'd like to think at least there'd be 35,000 consistent out of the gates. Especially if it gives some former West Virginia players who aren't in the NFL a platform, an opportunity to keep playing. I think that 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 would be a no-brainer. Now, is it enough? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. In comparison to Salt Lake City, I don't know. I mean, typically you want to go to a place where there's more people and more money, but there is something to be said for a smaller community that would really take to it. So, uh, yeah, I'm biased. The real Forno, have you heard any steam regarding any new contract extensions? Not really. I mean, they keep saying Aaron Donald's going to get one. Khalil Mack, is he going to get one? I, I think that that... You know, it's a deadline-driven league, and what's the deadline now? What is it? Tom Brady should get one. I think if the Patriots would pay Tom Brady right now, he'd, he'd probably more be more inclined to show up. I just think they're hesitant to pay him because they don't know how much longer they want him. Let's see what else we have here. I, pr- I need to go. i got too many things to do. What else do we have? Got some good questions today. Alex Dunlap, NFL. Is it true that the Pepe Veroni... Pepper, pepe, pepe. Let me try that again. It's been a long day. Is it true that the pepperoni roll was invented in your home state? I don't know that it was invented here, but it became very popular here. The pepperoni roll is a concoction of bread and pepperoni. It's pepperoni baked into the bread. Now, you can you can do all sorts of different things with it. You can bake cheese into it, or you can cut it open and put sauce on it, peppers on it, cheese on it. There's all sorts of different things you can do, but the pepperoni roll at its core is dough, that has pepperoni in it. Sometimes it's sliced, sometimes it sticks. Like It's like Slim Jims in there. And it's kind of nasty. I don't like it like that. I, like, I'll get a pepperoni roll and I'll pull out, there'll be like three or four of those Slim Jim-style pepperoni sticks in there, and I don't need all that pepperoni. Just all you need is the flavor, right? Just one's fine. But it was made for the purposes of people going into the coal mines. It's an easily transportable lunch you don't have to worry about sandwiches. You don't have to worry about stuff falling out and landing on the ground. You know, the five-second rule does not apply on the floor of a coal mine. Trust me. You have something hit the you have something hit that nasty floor in a coal mine. You're not dusting it off and eating it. So you got your pepperoni roll and it's got it's got the meat inside and you get your protein and, and you get your, you know, you get your and it's good. It's good. I it's amazing. It's never really caught on nationwide. Because the people who live here, I mean, it's just like a staple. Like everywhere you turn, you have a pepperoni roll. But it's a product of the mining industry. 
And uh, whether that's a Pennsylvania, Ohio, or West Virginia thing where it was first done, I don't know. But it's it's coal mining that gave rise to the pepperoni roll. I probably should end it on on that note. Let's see what else we have here. Let's see if there's anything else I can answer before I go. The West Virginia cocktail of choice, Leapers 500 wants to know, is it West Virginia old? Is West Virginia old-fashioned country? I get that your elbow bending is mostly straight stuff, but is there a local specialty? Actually, I look, just like I'm not a big connoisseur when it comes to cigars, like I, I brown liquor cut with Coke Zero, and it pretty much all tastes the same in that setting. I don't like drinking it straight. My palate has not developed to the point where the taste of it is pleasant to me it's like a chore like oh, i should probably take another sip of this now because that's what the sophisticated people do so uh i i, I and you know somebody asked me what, what what do you drink in the in the bar in the barn well whatever's open I mean, we just got this weird habit bottles open that's what we work on and sometimes there'll be two or three that are open but there's bottles that, like we haven't even opened yet that have been sitting there once it's open though it's gone in a week so i like crown royal Angel's Envy has made its way to our market recently. I got a friend in Colorado that's been pushing that on me for years, and it's pretty good. Tin Cup, we'll go through that sometimes. Woodford. My niece's name is Maggie, and when she was visiting once, we were at the liquor store because just don't you feel like a degenerate when you go to the liquor store? But where else are you going to get liquor? So she saw this stuff called Hellcat Maggie, an Irish whiskey that is actually very good. It's actually very good. So I keep a bottle of that around, especially when she's visiting. And uh, what else? What else? I think that's mainly it. I said Woodford, Crown, different types of Crown, Bullet Rye. Although I had a bad experience of that one night a couple of years ago. So that, that there's a bottle of that that has been sitting there unopened ever since. But um, yeah, you know, it's just yeah, you know, and and I I very very rarely, very rarely, get to a point where I feel like I'm inebriated it's just a couple of drinks at the end of the day to unwind and enjoy the company of the folks who hang out in the barn have a little pizza have a couple of cocktails smoke a cigar watch the game and uh, get away from everything for a, cu- a couple hours we'll do that tonight for game two of the stanley cup finals all right or, oh, hey, uh, stanley cup final stanley cup final not finals Enjoy the hockey game tonight. I highly encourage that you check it out. Check us out around the clock at profootballtalk.com. And again, I apologize in advance. I will be getting close to getting on. Well, right about this time tomorrow, we'll be in the air on our way to San Francisco for uh, the wine country wedding that I'll be attending this weekend. Looking forward to that. Friday, I will try to do something from the hotel room. Keyword is try. If no, If all else fails, we'll do this again on Tuesday. Remember, Tomorrow morning, another edition of PFT Live. Chris Sims in the studio. We'll have some good stuff for you. There are plenty of things to talk about in the NFL. Hopefully, we covered as much as we could. Thanks for all your questions. As always, have a great day, and we will talk again soon. You can find the PFT PM podcast on Art19, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, and you will, subscribe for automatic downloads. Leave a rating and review. That'll help new listeners find our show and push us up the charts. Search PFT PM for your evening update from Pro Football Talk.